the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome on, welcome all to the Bruce Woolley Show on 98.9 FM, The Answer. I'm not Bruce. I'm Jack Windsor, Editor-in-Chief of the Ohio Press Network. But the Bruce Woolley will be here at 12.05 today. You don't want to miss that. We're going to talk about a lot of things. We'll probably talk about tonight's debate. Donald Trump has been invited, but he's declined. The field has narrowed. There are fewer number of attendees. But uh, is it going to be productive? We'll talk about that. I think Bruce will also want to weigh in on the UAW strike. I know that Bruce has union ties in his family. And as some of you know, my grandpa was a union president at the Mansfield Tire in good old Mansfield, Ohio, back in its glory days. So we'll uh, discuss the United Auto Workers strike. I think we're also going to try to cover a couple of other points, namely uh, Donald Trump's candidacy. Now, Ripped from the headlines at theohiopressnetwork.com from earlier in the week, Trump up nine points on Biden because voters are fretting about the president's age and the economy. Now, Madeline Hubbard over at Just the News, uh, we're blessed to be a syndication partner with them at the Ohio Press Network, reported that uh, President Joe Biden's age is not the only hurdle he will be facing in 2024 during the presidential election. Right now, a record number of Americans are saying that they are worse off financially under his presidency. And former President Donald Trump is polling significantly higher in a hypothetical 2024 matchup for the White House. Now, that's according to a poll that was uh, released Sunday. 15% of Americans, only 15% say they are financially better off under Biden. That is one of the lowest of all presidents going all the way back to the Gipper, Ronald Reagan. That's what ABC News Washington Post poll numbers indicate. Meanwhile, 44% of Americans say they are not as well off as they were before Biden entered the Oval Office. You think? Nothing's built. Nothing's back. Nothing's better. So, uh, by the way, that's the highest percentage of Americans to say so for any ABC post poll since the outlets began posing the question in 1986. So a record number of Americans are saying that they are not as well off as they were in a previous presidency. What does that mean? Well, the poll showed Trump is significantly ahead of Biden in the hypothetical race with 51% saying they would support Trump to Biden's 42%. Now, consequently, people feeling, hey, I'm not better off today than I was four years ago. Trump's approval rating has actually increased since he left office. It was 38% back then. The latest poll showed he's at 48%. So Trump has climbed 
10 percentage points. So the law of contrast is at play there. And I think that that's going to be the tail of the tape going into this presidential election. Joe Biden was a promise. Joe Biden was a platform that was pitched to unite Americans. And by the way, Americans were divided because the mockingbird lamestream media reported half-truths for dating back to 2016, heck of a lot, a lot sooner than that. But Joe Biden was going to be our savior, remember? He was going to unite the country. He was going to build back better. And Americans bought it. Now, there is an asterisk there, kind of like there's an asterisk behind, beside Barry Bonds' home run record. And that asterisk is this. Um, Twitter files and Facebook files have showed us that the federal government, through its policing apparatus, interfered with goings-on at companies like Facebook and Twitter. And when I say interfered, what I'm saying is they essentially outsourced election interference. Remember that Hunter Biden laptop story that was tagged Russian disinformation? Well, polls after the fact showed that that story alone, had it been treated for what it truly was, would have affected the election. But... I digress. Americans voted asterisks to put Joe Biden in the White House. Now they have experience with Joe Biden. And they can compare it to experience they had with Donald Trump. Mean tweets and all. Right. Uh, Rough jabs and rough nicknames for his opponents. All of it included. Americans were better off. They're telling us in this report. Biden would be 82 years old at the start of a second term if reelected. Trump would be 78. What a difference four years makes. Looking at those two on TV, four years looks like 40 to me. Um, 74% of Americans say Biden is too old for another term as president, while 49% say Trump is too old. That's what the poll numbers indicate. Biden's approval rating of 37% is another area in which he is struggling. His ratings on his handling of the economy and immigration are at career lows, as well at 30% and 23% approval ratings, respectively. So his economy, Bidenomics, is that what we're calling it? His 30% approval. Now, even in a representative republic, that's a supermajority. Your policies are failing, Biden. And 23% are happy with immigration. I mean, Kathy Hochul in New York even changed her progressive radical tune. Remember, she was on air at one point saying, come on, come on, come all, come to New York. We'll take care of you. We want your weary and in your week. And now she's saying, not so fast. Our hotels are full. We can't take any more illegal immigrants. Biden's border policy is a wreck, an absolute wreck. Now, Langer Research Associates conducted the poll. It was uh, September 15th to the 20th. 1,006 U.S. adults participated. Now, not all of them are registered voters. What does this poll mean? Oh, it has a 3.5% margin of error. So Trump's lead 
might only be six and a half, but it might be 13 and a half. Wouldn't that be interesting? The other part that's super interesting is a couple of weeks ago, we learned that Trump's support has completely reversed with suburban women. Why is that important? Because suburban women bought the narrative from burn, loot, and murder, BLM, during the 2020 episodes and voted for Biden. It appears that right now that demographic supports Donald J. Trump. Here's the other super interesting part of this poll. 20% of millennials and Gen Z support, excuse me, millennials and Gen Z people polled support Trump 20 points more than President Joe Biden. It'll be interesting how the narrative for this election will be shaped by that. Gen Z, millennials, you know what they're concerned about? They're concerned about housing. They're concerned about the economy. They're concerned about energy. And what we're seeing from Joe Biden right now on the economy is catastrophic. What we're seeing from Joe Biden on energy is that energy is skyrocketing. It is driving massive inflation and it's resulting in higher prices at the gas pump. And Americans are not happy about that. I think the question that we now have to ask, given these numbers, why is the press admitting it? When Donald Trump was gaining ground and passed Hillary Clinton, in 2016 we didn't hear about it we're hearing about it now you want to know what my guess is my guess is we're hearing about it because joe biden is so underwater that it will give justification to the democrats to tap their left arm as they walk out to the pitching mound and say hey bring somebody else in from the bullpen will it be gavin newsom likely Welcome back to The Bruce Hooley Show. At 12.05, I'll be joined by the Bruce Hooley. And I am super excited to talk with him on air. And I know that you're excited to hear from him. We continue to pray for you, brother. We love you. And uh, we're excited to hear from you and uh, get an update on your progress, as well as get uh, getting your insight on so many important issues. But right now, I'm joined by the Bob France of Always Right Radio, aired on Salem Media's AM 1420, The Answer in Cleveland. Bob is also my partner on Run It Back with Bob and Jack, coming to more podcast platforms very, very soon. Bob, welcome to the Bruce Woolley Show. How are you this morning, man? Well, I'm uh, I'm honored to be introduced as the Bob France after the discussion of the Bruce Hooley on the Jack Windsor filling in for the Bruce Hooley Show. And I'm wondering, hey, Jack, what's your favorite football team? The Ohio State University. Bob. Good segue, <laughs> man. Along. Hey, well, listen, uh, real quick. So uh, Jeff Mertal, who does a bang up job uh, producing, keeping me online and on time. 
we had a little back and forth before the show, and he said, what'd you think about that game? And I said, I think the Buckeyes showed some poise, and he hit it right on. He goes, yeah, I think Kyle McCord got lucky on that last drive. He, there, there were some throws that, uh, man, some of those defenders at, at uh, Notre Dame probably wish they had back. Uh, he, he almost threw two well, picks. Well, well, I think what Notre Dame probably wishes is they actually had one more defender on the field, and they might not have been able to get that throw through. <laughs> Ten guys on the field for the last two plays for crying out loud! You try try to win a huge game, a top ten matchup against uh, you know one of your rivals at least regionally and and you know per program wise, and you got ten guys on the field who lost their poise. The Irish lost their poise. Yeah, well stated, man. Speaking of poise, um, I, I wonder who's going to be poised tonight um, in the GOP presidential debate now. Donald Trump obviously made the cut. He's going to sit this one out. Uh, That's not a surprise to anyone. How do you see tonight shaping up, uh, first of all? Well, first, before I answer that, if I may, I just want to give a shout-out to Bruce myself. Uh, I love that you're sitting in for him. Uh, I love what Bruce Lee does. I read him for years in the Cleveland Plain Dealer, and I love what he does on The Answer. And I just want him to know that everybody here in Northeast Ohio who knows about uh, his situation are praying for him and uh, wishing him the speedy and full recovery. Uh, just good people. Good people all the way along, and uh, I want good things for him. Amen. Now, having said that... Um, I'm less interested in this one than I was the first one, and it's only because of the way it was conducted. I thought it was very, very poorly done. I didn't get a lot out of it. I thought the front runner deserved to have much, much more time to talk than those who were on the edges, mm-hmm. who were down there at 1% and 2%. Uh, I thought uh, the fact that Mike Pence dominated the first uh, uh, debate in terms of time of ta- time of of talking, not not because he was given that, but because he kept, because he kept taking it. He kept not stopping and not shutting up and the moderators wouldn't do that i thought it was just very poorly run and so not a lot you know came out of it so i'm not i don't have a lot of high hopes for this one now these are new moderators or different moderators so maybe it will be it will be better but jack the main reason i'm less interested in this one is i'm sick and tired of donald trump not stepping up mm-hmm. donald trump thinks he doesn't have to run a campaign that he is the incumbent president well He is from the standpoint of this primary because he's the only one who's been president before. But I think he owes it not only to Republican voters to answer some very difficult questions about things that were left very much unsettled when he left, such as the way he handled COVID. How does he feel about that three years on? I think there's a lot of room for criticism there. I think he should have to answer questions from some of the other um, uh, candidates on the stage about what he said recently about abortion. Mm-hmm. about how he thinks that the six-week law that was signed by Ron DeSantis in Florida was a terrible, no good, very bad thing. Well, we have the exact same thing here in the state of Ohio, the heartbeat law. I think Donald Trump should have to answer those questions for pro-life voters who are considering supporting him. And I think his sitting out of these uh, these debates, because he is leading by such a large mar- margin, is weak sauce. Uh, it bothers me, and, um, and 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 quite frankly, I think debates that don't have him in it are essentially useless because everybody there is fighting for the scraps of second place. The candidates on stage will be Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, former Vice President Mike Pence, entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy, native Ohioan, uh, Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina, former United Nations Ambassador Nikki Haley, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, and uh, North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum. Bob, 
does anyone in that field have a snowball's chance against Donald Trump? Well, here's the thing. Um, he should. Uh, I think Ron DeSantis is far and away the best candidate. I think he has a track record of success that is second to none. He's got a record of leadership and of service that is second to none of anybody on that stage. And I think he has been targeted for the last 12 months by Donald Trump because Donald Trump knows that he's a qualified, quality uh, and uh, candidate and a real threat to him, which is why he has you know, turned all of his um, – uh, you know, focus to him. And um, I, I think that Ron DeSantis is absolutely capable of stepping into that void if and when Donald Trump gets convicted of some of the on some of the charges he's facing. Now, I want to be clear about that. Donald Trump should not be facing any charges and indictments. This is the stuff of banana republics. Mm-hmm. He has absolutely he is absolutely being put on these trials because of his status uh, as, as the leading contender for the Republicans. But the fact that he's facing 91 charges in left-wing jurisdictions with left-wing juries to come and left-wing prosecutors and left-wing judges means he's going to be convicted of some stuff. Yep. And some stuff might cost him enough votes from people who will not pull the trigger for a convicted felon in a general election. And if that makes him untenable uh, as a candidate, then we need to find the right person who is. And I think that guy's Ron DeSantis. You know, uh, I was going to include another uh, topic here, but I want to stick on this because I think it's important. I I think you're right. There are a lot of charges. And I think we're already seeing out of New York that it doesn't matter uh, what the facts of the case are. Uh, Donald Trump is probably going to sustain some damage. And by the way, if that fails, uh, the other thing that they are up to and and they they tried it in Ohio Activists are trying to block former President Donald Trump from being on the ballot. And now there are people standing up. Um, Frank LaRose said, now, that is you're using a fringe uh, legal argument that essentially has been debunked. And even in in Michigan, uh, it's it's been uh, kind of passed off as, you know, this is something that you're trying as an activist. It doesn't hold a lot of legal weight. But, Bob, they're not going to stop. So if it's if it's not lawfare, it's going to be can we block him on the ballot? Um, let me ask you this. Do you think his position on abortion is one uh, of, of political calculation, one that says, hey, um, I'm going to sing the tune that in, that might please independents, knowing darn well that if I'm in the general, regardless of what I say about abortion, they're not going to pull the lever for Joe Biden. They're going to pull the lever for me. And making these comments about the six six week heartbeat bill might might endear more of the people in the center. No, I think his um, pro-life position that he adopted shortly before he announced his candidacy for president in 2016 is the political position. Uh, His entire adult life, any interview in which he was asked, because remember, people have been recruiting him to run for president. 30 seconds, Bob. I'm sorry I did that to you. Go ahead. That's okay. Uh, since the 80s. And, you know, he was always pro-choice and very clear about it all the way up through and including partial birth abortions. He switched to pro-life right before 2016. And he was a very strong pro-life president for the time that he was there. But now that he is uh, running again and now that he's attacking the pro-life position, the six week uh, bills, um, I think we're starting to see him revert back to the man he was before he switched politically on that issue. That's a good analysis. Uh, I'm excited to listen in on the debate tonight. I think you have a lot of salient points, Bob, and we'll have you back on in a few days to to follow up and get your additional analysis. Thanks for joining us this morning. I'd be honored to be back. Thank you, Jack. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.